Hi, I'm Alex Monroe. You're listening to Agile Family, a podcast about pregnancy, birth, and family. I hope you enjoy listening this week as Jackie, Alana, and I begin to share some strategies for developing family fundamentals. This week, we start off by focusing on partner communication, which, as anyone in a long-term relationship will know, is key to a happy and healthy couple. These strategies will come in handy whether you're a new couple laying the foundation of your relationship and planning for the future, or a veteran parent who is looking for new ways to approach communication, conflict, and recognition. You'll find today's show notes as well as past episodes on slowbirth.com slash agile family. We hope you also join in by sharing your comments and feedback with us via Twitter at agile family and send any questions for future episodes via email at theagilefamily at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. So I often get the phone call at about three weeks postpartum. <laughs> and and um, sometimes there's tears. Sometimes it's just silence on the phone. And the, my client doesn't quite know how to start, but she says, so um, I think we have a problem. And I'm, I'm really concerned that we're not going to last. Mm. It, it, they're really, really, really scared. It's about at three to four weeks postpartum because mm-hmm. it's a blur for the first few weeks, right? right? Yeah. And total sleeplessness, just one day at a time, just working together and maybe tag teaming, maybe kind of doing it all together. Mm-hmm. And then there's just kind of a breakdown. And, mm-hmm. and after the last 28 to 30 years of having these phone calls, uh, there's a couple of things that these phone calls about. One is that the woman is um, looking at university offerings, mm-hmm. saying she's got to go back to school. You know, there's no way that she can do this year just being a mom because she's going to totally lose herself. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that I get a phone call and it's it's about something. Oh man, it's so stereotypical, but it's something like um, the last three Sundays, my partner has been detailing the car, and you know he's just been detailing the car for about six hours. He's doing his thing. Doing his thing on Sundays, mm-hmm. or you know sat down and started playing World of Warcraft for a number of hours and just did not hear the baby cry. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, I, I do that when I'm reading. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. So so it's just going back into old patterns. Right. And and usually there's a total blow up or complete tears or, or whatnot. But I get that phone call. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how it typically happens. And then we have this big, long discussion about expectations versus reality and how do you see your family Mm -hmm. philosophy shaping up that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff yeah it arises the question of like what is the foundation of your family what are each you know spouse's goals and and their area of focus right now um you know was there a collective focus going into the pregnancy and birth there might have been you know, sometimes there is mm-hmm. sometimes they just roll with it and just say well we figured what we you know we're really good at rolling with things we've done that for the last couple of years together and we're just really sure. good at rolling yeah. to with you know like, we can just learn on the fly yeah. no big deal 
our totally. lives aren't going to be changed too much. No, the baby is just going to come along and, you know, just slot right in, yeah. right? Or, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, baby's going to slot right in. Or, or you, they, they've got all these plans mm -hmm. and they think it's going to work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, you know, they've bought all the right stuff. Yeah, about three or four weeks after uh, James was born, Alana and I were sitting, you know, across from each other doing our own thing. You know, we had established routines at that point and James was asleep and we just looked up and we were like, oh, there's another person in the room. There's another human being. You know, you're kind of in survival mode. You're figuring out how to continue raising this child. Alana and I talked about how you know, you focus so much on pregnancy and birth and then the child is born and you realize that, uh-oh, I have to keep raising this child and I have to keep him growing and sustain him. And you focus solely on that for at least like the first month. Yeah, I would say about the first month. Yeah. yeah. And then, then you kind of stick your head out of the little rabbit hole and you go, oh, there, there is a world that continues on outside of this. I need to figure out how to reestablish my patterns and my hobbies. And when there's a baby, it's hard to communicate with your partner because usually one of you is 100% focused on the child. And then when, when you have an opportunity to think about what's going on in the rest of your life, it can be sometimes uh, easy to do that separate from your partner, I think. And, and then you make that decision, okay, I've got time, I'm gonna go do this, maybe without consulting the other, your other half. And they're left there with a screaming child. Just going, he gets to go out and, you know, even do something, just grunt job, you know? Yeah, yeah like, man, he got to go out and get groceries, like, <sighs> stuck here with this screaming little or he gets to do the dishes i wanted to do the dishes yeah. like <laughs> yeah we've been fighting over doing dishes because sometimes you just need a break from the yeah child yeah. for a little while it's, i mean you feel guilty about it that you're like that you want a break from your child but sometimes it's necessary yeah, yeah. so that's why you won't hear alana as much in this episode because she's walking around wearing james yeah <laughs> He's looking over at dad, going, I want some time to sleep. Yeah, right? right? Yeah. So, so Alana's going to be going on walkabout. <laughs> She's on walkabout. So your clients are coming to you with concerns over the relationship that they have with their spouse yes. and a balance of time. Yes. Alana and I have experienced situations where we need to connect and communicate establish each of our desires uh, what our goals are as they evolve with having a new child um, you know your values and your hobbies may have to shift and adapt to find a new balance with your new family um, and it's important to be able to have a solid foundation of communication to work to that together so that you avoid these situations where you're independently making a decision like you may have done before and your partner ends up with frustrations and resent feelings of resentment as a result. Yeah. 
and, and then things like cultural differences or differences in how you were raised uh, that can really be increased like the power of that can be increased at this time as well mm-hmm. because a lot of times it isn't just about you three there is a you haven't got the family boundaries established yet as well mm-hmm. so a lot of people have you discover that you didn't know you've got you know you're you're married to somebody who comes from another continent and then the grandparents are over Mm -hmm. and there's completely different expectations from their side as well and you hadn't you'd been just a couple beforehand and you hadn't really had to deal with those issues and then you realize yeah I didn't really realize that my partner's having to support another family halfway around the world and yes I knew that but Mm -hmm. it didn't have immediate impact on us and Mm -hmm. now it does so all that kind of stuff comes up too all right so the goal let's talk a little bit about how we fix this (laughs) (laughs) do you need to go back in time yeah a little bit if you're if you find yourself in this situation it's too late (laughs) no there it's never too late but the the point is if you are listening to this and you are a couple who are maybe just dating this is the time to start this conversation uh, we were having a chat about this topic when we were brainstorming it with our best friends and they've been together for about a year and it was amazing how renewed their focus on their relationship was but also how it really made them reframe how they conceptualized having a relationship and they've realized they have a lot of work to do yeah so what's some of the work that we have for them talking (laughs) making sure that you talk openly without ego man that's so hard Mm -hmm. um sharing talking about your childhoods and we always do that anybody when they start going out for the first time Mm -hmm. they're talking about what's what's my childhood like and what's yours like and there's all this comparison Mm -hmm. oh you said you guys did something really interesting about talking about sharing your upbringings we often would go on um, drives and just drive around our own neighborhoods where we grew up Um, I grew up in in Delta in Tawasson and I remember taking Alana around to the different schools and I said you know this is the this is the school that I went to and in kindergarten I was the coolest kid because I had two girlfriends I thought I was so hot and then proceeded to have the next six years of my life be bullied and that forms a really strong foundation for your relationship when you are able to just expose those situations that become the formation for who you are 25, 26 years later. Mm-hmm. It's neat because you're, you're not just talking about them, but you're kind of going through the physical action together. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's much more open sharing that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, if you can, if you live close enough to where you grew up, it's a really interesting exercise because you are even reminded of things that you have forgotten just by seeing the places that Mm -hmm. you grew up in or used to play in like go to your old schools and your playgrounds and Mm -hmm. you know you'll remember building dams in the little creek or yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and then you do a little bit of that together 
mm-hmm. actually, yeah. right? You'd go on the swings, you, you know, mm-hmm. you just you just kind of do that stuff so that you kind of have that, you're building that shared bond, mm-hmm. that. But the open sharing without ego is mm-hmm. huge. And then listening and active listening, yeah. really hearing what the other person is saying. I think active listening really is a matter of not not interjecting. I personally will share a lot more given the space. Whereas Alana, who is very, um, let's say... Um, she's in the bathroom. She's... <laughs> there she is. Uh, Alana never... Careful now. <laughs> well, no, okay, so... The, the context here is we've been together for almost 11 years. And when we first met, you weren't very good at sharing, were you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about that. I, I don't know. I was just more of an independent child and quiet and had thoughts to myself, but didn't really converse a lot with others. So whenever we had a conversation when, when we were younger... I remember you just like teasing information out of me. You just ask questions and ask questions. And, mm-hmm. But I kind of needed that in order to communicate because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to form mm-hmm. things into sentences well. Mm-hmm. Like I needed a lot of time to think about it in order to get it out, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so having, having space to have long conversations cool. where if you are the listener rather than trying to interject and share your story Mm -hmm. uh, as much as you may want to relate to your partner and share similar experiences try your best just to ask more questions draw more information out of them because you hopefully genuinely want to get to know them better and as a result your relationship will begin to strengthen because you understand their experiences and their perspectives, what they've been through in their life, the decisions that they've made and and how they've come to the place to be with you uh, that they are. And having that time to help each other be a little bit more aware aware Mm -hmm. of what makes you tick, Mm -hmm. that helps. And it's really neat. And then you can say things like, okay, so I have a tendency to do X or shut down or whatever, so Mm -hmm. call me on it. And you know, mm-hmm. freely, without, and I won't have any ego, you know, but making those decisions in advance really <laughs> helps. And that'll give you space to reflect later individually. When you can make those connections between your partner's experiences and their stories, you'll see how it impacts you personally, and, and it may change or it may help you find a balance of understanding of where your experiences lead you to certain perspectives or how you became the person you are and that will allow you to have a stronger foundation for adding another individual into your family yeah because then you've got so many more connections Mm -hmm. going on and that communication these communication basics the listening the talking openly the open sharing and the reflecting individually will allow you to have the skills to have better communication with your child as they grow. Yeah. And and they're fully themselves right from birth. So that's, I mean, a lot of people say, well, we don't need to think about this stuff now. 
because the baby's just so little and mm. you know whatever don't have to bother until they're later yeah. they're older but they're fully themselves you were you right mm -hmm. from the moment you were born mm -hmm. so I always thought of you as a full equal mm -hmm. almost um, you're you're your own self right mm -hmm. from the start so mm -hmm. getting a that foundation of understanding yourselves and each other will help because the baby is a full entity yeah. Right, James? Has yeah. he gone? He's totally asleep. He's asleep. Good. So having space to have these conversations is challenging. When you have a child, the first couple of weeks are, mm -hmm. as we said, focused on the baby. If you're still developing your relationship as a couple uh, before having a child, uh, you know these things aren't necessarily always front of mind. You can be focusing on all the things that you have to do in the day, all the things that you want to go and do, do everything is do, do, do. It's all fast pace and it is yeah. not slow and reflective. And there's a lot on, on kind of gathering stuff, especially when people are pregnant. And um, I know one local midwife said, she goes, you know, like if there's anything that you do have to buy, it should be done well before 30 weeks if possible. And so the time from that last 10 weeks could be focused more on introspection and couple time. Mm -hmm. So the, rather than kind of kind of going to all sorts of courses or classes and filling all your spare time with that, develop some rituals that you will have forever, such as, you know, like after work every day, you say, you know, let's eat dinner, forget the dishes right now, just... Let's go out and have that walk. And even if one person says, no, I don't want to do it, the other one has to agree to say, no, we have to remember that this is what we have to do. Mm -hmm. Neither of us want to do it, yeah. but we have to do this today. Yeah. And that's the reason why our kitchen was so dirty for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and other people on the outside, such as me, don't mind cleaning somebody else's dishes. You can come to my house and clean my dishes, and I'll come to your house and clean your dishes, mm -hmm. and you guys can go on your ritual walk Yeah. daily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Elena and I have some specific rituals that we do, um, as well as our evening strolls after work to connect. Those are kind of usually short. They end up only being about half an hour, but it's a, it's a space to breathe and connect and just share and reflect about the day. But the longer focused ritualistic walks where we talk about relationship life plans our goals where our businesses are going where our career goals our personal goals all of that stuff usually happens on a dedicated day on a weekend where we'll go to the beach we'll go to a forest pick a location that you can spend an hour or two just walking without a specific destination but your focus is just on one another. And recently we just strapped James in and he falls asleep and it's great. You develop this space to talk. Mm -hmm. And it's nice when it's in nature, rather you could do that same walk in an urban setting, but mm -hmm. it just, for that ritual mm -hmm. purpose, it doesn't seem to have the same impact. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, think, I think in like, if you're doing this in a city, you have to concentrate on like that cars that are gonna run you over and all of that kind of stuff. But if yep. you're in a forest you're, or a beach, you're free to just sort of walk and not think about your surroundings too much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. all your focus can go into each other, yeah. talking. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
when you were growing up, it used to be our hour and a half or hour long drive up from Tawasson to SFU yep. twice a week. Mm-hmm. It was great. Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're walking side by side or sitting in a car side by side on a mm-hmm. long kind of journey, mm-hmm. you, you just kind of face ahead and you're able to, yeah, you don't interrupt each other quite so much. Mm-hmm. You're just facing and then you just are listening. Yeah. There's that space to mm-hmm. be heard. Yeah. And it's a skill you'll develop over time, but it's important to give yourself that time and, and create that space to practice those communication skills of talking, listening, and reflecting in a space that doesn't feel like you have, uh, you know, a finish line to get to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To slow down and just take a break from the fast, busy pace of life. Yeah. And then uh, how are you guys on on doing the the more formal, you know, monthly or yearly check-ins on, um, do you do the family? Family meetings. The family Family meetings. (laughs) We did that when you were little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I read somewhere relationships in general have a rule of threes. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if this is scientifically proven, but it's worked for us. Um, Usually you'll have long-term plans that need to kind of be reassessed every three years. Um, so for us, we set kind of three-year plans, three-year goals with at least one big thing. You know, the most recent one was the birth of Jamie. Have a baby. Uh, have a baby. <laughs> That's a big one. That takes a while to plan and develop. Um, you know, so you know, three-year career goals, three-year personal goals, three-year family goals, um, and you check in every once in a while see how you're doing are you still aligned on those goals and values but really just think about you know grander or broader scope check-ins for you know what are we doing what are we accomplishing this month what are we accomplishing this year where Mm -hmm. do we want to see ourselves in three years you know do we need to reassess anything that doesn't align with where we're currently at or where we want to go i was uh reading design mom one of my mm-hmm. favorite blogs and just a little kind of little note aside on one of the blog posts was yes we we did our yearly plan or we, this year we did a five-year plan uh mm-hmm. while we were away so i just went i don't never have thought of that on an anniversary mm-hmm. see but it seems yeah, logical that makes sense doesn't it yeah yeah so it'd be really nice to kind of have some time it's just for you guys and it's not uh, it's totally separate I feel like businesses stole that idea from families, the annual general meeting. They <laughs> named it something really boring. And, but it was maybe based in families beforehand. Yeah. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah. Speculation? I don't know. That's a good idea. We used to go down to the cabin and mm-hmm. go for, you do the Lily Point mm-hmm. walk yearly. And you have to do the long, full day. And there's a lot of long-term talk that we would do a a lot of our family meetings with your dad and I were uh, at low tide especially at the super low tide of the year when the tide goes out to the marker at about a mile out and you just walk out there and that gives you Mm -hmm. the time to do those big plans Mm -hmm. so kind of ours our family planning kind of our family meetings were kind of surrounding the tides (laughs) strangely (laughs) right but it is stressful isn't it and that back to the the phone calls that I get at three to four weeks, mm-hmm. 
you know? Yeah, even with a strong base of communication, it's it can be difficult. Like, I remember saying to Alex around that point, I was like, I'm not surprised people split up at, like, after this point. Like, this is hard. Yeah. If you haven't prepared beforehand, like, mm-hmm. there's no time to get the hang of it now. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is stressful. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. It, it kind of mirrors how you do on trips mm-hmm. at stressful situations. Yeah. You know? But I actually know that you guys have been on lots of long trips together with very with extended family mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. had your training yeah. you know under yeah. those stressful circumstances and mm-hmm. uh, and whatnot but it's still hard yeah and i mean that's also a great perspective to have is to to go back to getting to know each other's you know upbringings and foundation have you been in situations of adversity or stress in the past mm-hmm. where you've had to develop skills to you know communicate and and deal with whatever situation you have if we if you've never been put into a situation of stressful adversity where you're dealing with you know multiple variables and factors different personalities and rapidly changing environments if this is your first time and you've got a newborn child that you're trying to keep alive yeah <laughs> It's going to cause immense conflict. Yeah. And and how you go about managing your relationship in that situation uh, takes a lot of focus. So you do have to really acknowledge who you are. Acknowledge the experiences that you have been in in the past. Share those experiences with your partner so that they understand the perspective that you're approaching this current conflict with you know if one of the partners has dealt with stress before they're going to keep saying to you well come on like this is easy like why don't you understand how to deal and adapt with this and the other person is going to be like well, i've never I've... had this before yeah <laughs> this is the first this time is new you know? <laughs> You know, if yeah. life's been super easy for you and this is a reality check, yeah. you know. I've got clients who, you know, one has had, a, you know, a, a self-described blessed life with no challenges whatsoever, uh, married to someone who's a refugee, totally different cultures. And we've, you know, they've done really well and they're trying to forge something totally new and this is really exciting. And then the baby comes and it's just like, you know, one person is having a real hard time dealing with the stresses and the other one's going, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Just because we're having a hard day doesn't mean that we're imploding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is is so fine. This is just fine, but we'll do it together. That Mm -hmm. is a given. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff comes up mm-hmm. you know as uh, you know i said to somebody the other day i said you know you know why the cia has um sleep deprivation as a, a torture method you know like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, like it, it it works it so this is what happens when you mm-hmm. have when you have a new baby you, mm-hmm. you know you you start losing your marbles you yeah. do <laughs> you do mm-hmm. say so, you know you have to put each other's sanity first yeah so look working to address this Again, Mm -hmm. going back to create space to talk. Mm -hmm. Share your perspectives. Where is your stress coming from? It might be hard for you to pinpoint your point of stress or concern with your partner. Especially if you're sleep deprived. Especially if you're sleep deprived. But 
even more reason to share even just your feelings. I'm stressed. I'm upset. And and you're, and the other person, well, you know, like the old thing was that uh, the women say, you know, like, I'm really upset. And the guy goes, okay, so what do I need to do? You might want to fix it. Mm-hmm. And you just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you just want to hug. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's a really challenging concept for a guy to understand because I can say personally, like my personality type, especially being type A, I want to do everything I can to solve a situation and I logic everything out. Yeah. I go, oh, this seems like a totally logical course of action because of the current situation. And Alana's sitting on the couch and just looking at me. And I pause and I go, oh, this isn't one of those fixing situations. This is just a listening, feeling situation. Got it. Okay. And I screw this up on a monthly or weekly or daily basis. I don't know. It happens a lot. And it's being conscious of your perspectives. You know, women are very different than guys. Guys, you need to accept this. And it's okay. We're different. Um, And it's just about, again, being an active listener. And and you'll be able, like, you can logic your own stuff out. You can do your own stuff. But when it comes to stress and emotion from your partner, Mm -hmm. it's it's not about you. I was going to say, does it help when you're wearing James? Because when you've got a baby on you, mm-hmm. does it does it allow you to go to just the emotional side more? It's supposed to. The baby's mm-hmm. fingers on your chest are supposed to kind of kind of increase your oxytocin output and allow you to be more empathetic and kind oh, of for sure. get there faster. That's I'm just wondering. So, skin time. so ladies, just pass the baby over. <laughs> <laughs> Have this baby. Wear the baby. Wear the baby and let's talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I just wondered. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, certainly, like I've read the science around the skin-to-skin time. Um, and so, side note, yeah, if if you're a guy and you haven't had a lot of skin-to-skin time, it's time to whip your shirt off and just grab that baby, <laughs> and just have some quiet snuggle time. But yeah, it really is just goes back to the listening. You know, in an emotional state, it's just about allowing the person in that moment of conflict to share Mm -hmm. and try and just listen from an objective point of view be that observer you know Uh, it's okay to make mistakes but as long as you're able to listen and reflect on your perspective and how you deal with a situation of conflict that will help you strengthen together yeah some people like to yell (laughs) some people feel like they need to yell or scream and you know, that's especially hard on small children because they can hear all of that and pick up on that energy, mm-hmm. right? So They're sponges. They are little energy sponges. What type are you? <laughs> when you are finding yourself in a situation of adversity, do you argue? Do you take up a position of objective debate? Or do you have an open discussion to field all perspectives? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm from a discussion family. Mm-hmm. I rolled I'm, into that for sure. Yeah, discussion family. I married into um, 
a family that there's some yellers, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which just completely blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but other people, they can blow up. I have families where everybody yells. Everybody's mm-hmm. at this high pitch. Mm-hmm. And they don't even think anything of it, and it's mm-hmm. all great. It's just mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like who are who are who's your partner? Mm-hmm. This new partner that you're mm-hmm. with with a new baby. Mm-hmm. What worlds do you come from? Yep. You argue, debate, or discuss? At least agree with whatever corner you're in. <laughs> you know, if you have one person who's a shouter, and you have another person who's a debater, and another person who likes to just have an open discussion, um, you know, you're gonna find yourself up against a wall if you aren't aligned in your, in your style. style. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really hard for someone, especially who's a discussion, who just likes to have a quiet discussion, mm-hmm. with someone who's an arguer and gets really loud and it just overwhelms the discussion person. Mm-hmm. So if you're an arguer, you have to recognize that and maybe you need to go, you know, take a walk down the block to cool off mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. come back and try and maybe even meet in the middle of be mm-hmm. debaters or something mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> and it might change you know i last week there was a moment where alana and i were having a conversation about balancing personal time and work time um and it was i had a moment where you know i said something that was selfish and i knew it <laughs> And so I attacked what you were doing <laughs> and I knew it. <laughs> so in that moment, we're, co- we're conscious of all of this and we're saying things that are just spiteful just for the sake of it. We're just pushing one, one another's buttons. And this is all, you know, calm conversation. This is not like yelling at the top of our voice. And at that moment, when you have the skill to be able to reflect as well as listen, you can pause in that moment and you can say, okay, I see what's going on here. I'm not personally in a place where I can come to an agreement or just you know, get past this or, this conflict that we're in right now. Or recognizing that neither of us are. We're at an impasse. So, <laughs> so now is just not a good time. To have this talk. So you need a timeout. You just a need a timeout. So everybody, need a ten walk. minutes timeout. Everybody, everybody go for a walk, separate yeah, directions. Back to your corners. <laughs> you know, the referee dings the bell, and especially when you've got a child around. You know, the worst thing is to have an argument around a small child, because that you're just creating memories and situations that are oh, going to stick hardwired. Yeah. And, and that's what they're going to know and understand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at that moment, I just was like, okay, I need to go for a walk. I went, took a walk around the block, came back, apologized for <laughs> my, for being selfish. And then I apologized for throwing that thing in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, it's hard to yes. apologize, to admit when you're being bullheaded. That's, but equally is, that's my rewarding. problem, isn't it? Isn't that my big problem? Is I'm it? Not, oh, man. <laughs> I'm not good at apologizing. It's mm. terrible because as a Taurus, I think long and hard about the decisions that I make. And then, you know, it's right. That's what I was talking about before, about logicking stuff out. Yes. I can logic my way into a point of view that I think is morally, ethically, logically correct. Yes, you can. <laughs> but it might not be emotionally correct That's in right. that moment. It might be the end result that we get to 
in an hour, in a day, in a couple of weeks, you know, keep that to yourself. You know, just be like, okay, I'm just going to keep this inside. This is the part in where this you... moment. This now is not the time for this moment of logic. And this is where you let your wife win the argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come that's to think where, of it, that happens a lot. That's where that comes from. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very often wrong. <laughs> well, what's uh, I've got one client who spoke at a TEDx conference, mm-hmm. and his topic of oh, his yes his um, talk was "Don't be a dick." Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. I think we came up with a song about that. No, there is a song um, on the internet. Yeah. Um, what, it's how does okay it go? to not like things. It's okay, but don't be a dick about it. It's okay <laughs> to not like things, but don't be a dick about the things you don't like. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you can you can snap that. You can uh, record that as your ringtone. Just um, sing it in your head whenever you're. Yeah. 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 But the cool thing is, like, we've known each other long enough that all of us can all just sit around and talk like this openly. Yeah. Which is really unusual. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's really unusual. But I would say it's, and some people just go, well, geez, great, you guys. You can all sit around and you can talk about this and be very light about it. Mm-hmm. You know, having known you for 11 years. Yeah. No, longer. Yeah. I've known you much longer than that, mm-hmm. right? Because we knew you when before you started going out yeah. for a number of years. So, um, yeah, you know, like some people, they've only met nine or ten months before the baby is born. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and they're still in the young relationship stage. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really hard for people, especially if, if, you know, I have a lot of clients who are in their 40s and they've met somebody and they go, okay, we're dedicated we're together we're gonna do this boom 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 and then at three weeks postpartum they've actually only known each other for a year Mm -hmm. yeah so so they're gonna have to fast forward on this stuff Mm -hmm. um and and do the homework yeah and set up the rituals and the and the and apologize quickly yeah and and be kind to yourself and each Mm -hmm. other if you don't get it right away it takes a lot Mm -hmm. of practice you know Mm -hmm. yeah we've been together for over a decade it's it's yeah. taken that long to, you know, yeah. get really good at it. There, There is one thing that if you are rapidly, if you find yourself in a fast-moving relationship and you need to be focusing on something mm-hmm. uh, to, to help practice these communication skills, what, a great thing to focus on is recognition. Mm-hmm. How do you celebrate each other? The, the, the little things that you do, you know, we, you don't want to try and develop all these skills when you're arguing all the time because, mm-hmm. you know, that's a stressful situation to begin with. So practice on, you know, being thankful for one another, mm-hmm. um, you know, participating with uh, one another in things that they are interested in. You know, find that balance between your own hobbies and interests and theirs. You know, Elena, you are a type designer. You have a passion for letters. You have, you know, multiple meetups that you go to on a weekly basis. Before James was born, I went to a couple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You Um, you came to a fair amount of them. uh, But now, especially with James, uh, recognizing that you have interests that you want to continue to be able to participate in 
And mm -hmm. as a mom trying to breastfeed and care for a child, it's even harder to get out and still feel like you're doing the things that make you who you are. Right. But at the same time, not abandoning your family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know. So you go together. Yeah. yeah. Alex we... straps James on and we head out and he falls asleep and we listen to people talk about typefaces and nerdy stuff like that. And you might not understand some of what's going on, but you come and you support. Yeah. Right. Because my focus at that time is family. My yeah. goal is to be supportive. It's like putting a deposit into the family relationship bank, you know, yeah. um, and and that's a great way to to start um, building a strong foundation. Is you know, put as many figurative deposits as you can into that relationship bank, mm -hmm. uh, so that when you make mistakes, you can make a few withdrawals. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And celebrating each other can take the form of humor as well. I've given you the title of Waste Management Officer because you change so many diapers, and I appreciate that. Yes. I think it's funny. Is that a celebration to you, or do you just... <laughs> Actually, when you first suggested that, I thought about changing my LinkedIn profile and Facebook uh, work <laughs> occupation to Waste Management Officer Chief waste management officer yeah you that. give them a really fancy title yeah i wanted a title <laughs> <sighs> yeah. yeah so making light of the situation and staying positive is is key yeah because you just have to you have to, you have to bring laughter into it and joy you just go why are you guys together you know like yeah. <laughs> that's you got together for a, a good reason but it's just figuring out how to kind of build a strong foundation and share and celebrate each other and and uh so from today's episode we really just hope that you take away an awareness yeah. of the communication yeah. uh, these basics the talking and having an avenue for open sharing listening and actively acknowledging each other's perspectives asking questions to explore deeper and really develop a strong understanding of one another's perspectives and then reflecting on those to help build a strong foundation of connection with one another and for your future family is super key. From there, once you are practicing these, you know, it's okay as well, again, to make mistakes, just mm -hmm. focus on staying positive. Taking time to have enough rest yeah. <laughs> so that you can stay positive, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So some homework. Homework yeah. time. You thought homework was done when you were at, <laughs> when you left school. Yeah, but everybody says, so what? So give me homework. Give me homework. I need the homework. What are we supposed to do? It's really simple. Just take the time to develop your rituals. Yeah. Whatever it might be. So next episode, we're going to lead directly from this focus on communication into how to build on this foundation of connection and really lay out your family goals and values and develop a mission statement together. It's really important to have. Um, Jackie, what was our family mission statement? Um, well, actually ours, we, we wanted to keep it really simple. And so we had uh, three words 
mm-hmm. were our mission statement. And it was conscientious, connected, and communication. Right. So yeah. listen in next week, and we'll tell you a little bit more about where that came from and why it's so important. <laughs> and how you can get one. <laughs> you got anything else to add there, James? Mm? No. 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 <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. The information and material in this podcast is intended for educational purposes only. Although thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are believed to be factually accurate, they are not intended to replace or substitute professional medical advice or care and should not be used for the diagnosis of healthcare problems or the prescription of treatment. If you have any questions or concerns regarding the physical or mental health of you or your baby, please seek the assistance of a qualified healthcare professional.